0: Brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. You have no doubt heard by now that Francis, in his infinite wisdom and mercifulness, has decided to extend the Synod on Synodality another year, with two meetings of all the bishops of the world happening in October 2023 and October 2024. For what reason? Because the Synod has two major problems. First, hardly any Catholics took part in the synodal process, leaving many wondering if the outcome was predetermined from the start. The whole thing's credibility is undermined. The second problem is that the various better bishops from across the spectrum, ranging from conservative Novus Ordo bishops to traditionally leaning bishops, are speaking out more and more against the synod on synodality and its clear attempt to change the faith, because that is what they're doing with it. Today, let's talk about Cardinal George Pell's rebuke of the Synod, as well as address something related to it. I see people saying they'll leave the church if this goes much further. People, please, don't do that. There is no salvation outside of the church, even if brigands have control of the Church at this point in time. Towards the end of this video, I have a short piece from an Italian priest on why leaving because of the Synod is an absolutely horrifically bad and terrible idea. But let's start with Cardinal George Pell who penned an article in the National Catholic Register that went over the history of ecumenical councils, Vatican II specifically, and these kinds of events throughout church history, noting that in all cases, the councils only had Catholics participate in them, and any observers for the council in question were at least Christians of some kind. Not so with the Synod of Synodality, according to Cardinal Pell, and the Synod is embracing heresy. His closing paragraphs of the article are worth noting, are worth quoting in full here because his words are on point. He can describe it better than I can. Quote, The synodal process has begun disastrously in Germany, and matters will become worse unless we have effective papal corrections on, for instance, Christian morality of the flesh, women priests, etc. We find no precedent in Catholic history for the active participation of ex-Catholics and anti-Catholics In such bodies only the council fathers almost entirely bishops could could participate in vatican ii and the observers were all christians paul vi respected the authority and independence of the council fathers intervening rarely as they laboriously produced their documents established consensus while remaining fully respectful of the magisterium and tradition Despite all this care and scholarship, and largely for reasons outside church control, the post-conciliar story has not been one of glorious success. Every synod has to be a Catholic synod, bound by the apostolic tradition, just as councils are so bound. To allow serious heresies to continue undisturbed is undermining and damaging the unity of the one, true church, and again, it's not consistent with Gaudium et Spes' call for engagement with the modern world in quote. The light of the gospel, contrary to it. There can be no pluralism of important doctrines of faith or morals. Our unity is not like that of a loose Anglican federation or that of the many national Orthodox churches. Some faithful German Catholics are already talking not of the synodal way, but the self destructive way. We must work and pray they are wrong, that no such disaster occurs anywhere in the church in the modern world. Paul VI was fair and even handed and guided the council well, creating a good and encouraging model. But the aftermath provides a warning of the powerful hostile forces that surround us. End quote. As you can tell, Cardinal Pell has a higher esteem for Vatican II than a lot of people watching this do. The aftermath of the Synod is going to be disastrous. There's simply no escaping that. Even if by some miracle, Francis upholds and defends the traditional moral teachings of the church against the near universal onslaught of demands from bishops and the laity to consecrate and bless James Martin pairings and even to recognize their parody of the matrimonial sacrament, bishops in Germany and elsewhere have promised to pursue these changes even without Rome if they need to. They've promised that and people seem to be ignoring that fact. The laity worldwide expect that because they participated in the process, their demands will be heard and given into. Disregard the undeniable fact that these demands are not made in good faith, that they are asking for changes that cannot be made to the faith. And that in so demanding that these changes be made, sacred scripture must be in error. The apostolic tradition must be in error. And that everything about the faith that might make us uncomfortable in our moments of sin can be changed in order to make the laity feel better about themselves. Either those making such demands will leave, or some traditionally minded people will leave, heading towards orthodoxy, despite the orthodox having their own problems, including, yes, heresies that Catholics, friendly to them, seem to quietly ignore. Leaving the Catholic Church is not an option. The modernists have left functionally. They have the buildings, we have the faith, to borrow a phrase from St. Athanasius who was speaking of a relatively milder crisis that had been considered to be the worst crisis of heresy in the church until our time, that being the Arian heresy, when 80% of the bishops of the church were actually formal heretics. Monsignor Nicola Bucks, an Italian theologian, offers some sage guidance here. We must remember first and foremost that the sinful men who hold these offices are to be distinguished from the offices they hold. We are to correct them, yes, but not to attack the office itself. Thus, remember that the office of bishop or supreme pontiff are sacred offices. Even the man holding that office is a scoundrel. It's still a sacred office. On Senior Bucks' advice, the lady is worth your time here. Quote, The diatribes about Vatican II, whether it was more or less doctrinal or pastoral, and about the pastors, that is, pope and reigning bishops, oscillate between flattery and rejection because we do not know what the magisterium is and what it degrees the pope certainly thought of a pastoral council of updating but this should not be understood as something practical dynamic almost separate from doctrine in fact a pastoral ministry without doctrine far from ecclesial tradition is inconceivable as is well known the deposit of faith contained in sacred tradition and sacred scripture was entrusted by the apostles to the whole church. See Catechism, paragraph number 84. The only office of interpreting, that is, teaching only what has been transmitted by the apostles, is held by the magisterium, constituted by the bishops in communion with the Pope, which is not above the word of God. Rather, he listens to it piously, holily keeping, and faithfully exhibits it. See De Verib in paragraph 10. Only dogmas and the truths that have been connected with them require the irrevocable adherence of faith, because in this case the magisterium enjoys the highest degree of infallibility, which also extends to moral doctrine and the precepts of the natural law. Not so for the ordinary magisterium in its various degrees. For this, I refer to the important contribution of Professor N. Berele, who wrote something called The Church and the Pope, Aristotelian Thomas reading of the current situation, public- published on Il Pensicora. it may happen that the pastors popes and bishops however do not exercise their teaching and according to the aforementioned criteria and so what I'm about to say does not seem offensive to someone I accuse myself at the same time we abandon the ministry of preaching and are called bishops but perhaps rather to our condemnation since we possess the honorary title and not those qualities those entrusted to us abandon god and we are silent they lie in their sins and we do not reach out to them to correct them but how will it be possible for us to amend the lives of others if we neglect our own the subsequent interventions postulated in my subdued opinion a question of faith and therefore of method the church is like a mother we could not repudiate her belonging even if she fell into a miserable condition the fathers were convinced of this like cyprian Who helped Pope Cornelius to fight the heresies that circulated within the church, no less than in the Apostolic Age? The same is true of our membership in the nation. Should the pro tempore rulers be questionable, if not worse, who could say, I am no longer Italian, despite the fact that he was born, spoke the language, and operated in the Italian territory? When some clergymen use invective against the pope and other men of the church, They risk overwhelming the function together with the one who holds it. The medieval people, like Dante, knew very well that everyone must save his own soul, and so they distinguished in the Pope as two bodies, the sinful person from the office that is sacred. However difficult it may be, if the truth were told with charity, as some well-known cardinals do, there would be no scandal and further division among the faithful wouldn't this be a modality in line with that used by the reforming saints who rather liked to make implorations and supplications even when they whipped the customs church in fact is renewed with the humility of service and the holiness of life for this reason on amoris laetitia the four cardinals used the instrument of the dubia because it was respectful of pontifical authority even if they have not received an answer the questions remain and someone will have to answer before or after the Pope Pro Tempore, we must not be in a hurry to separate the wheat from the weeds, even in the church. All this explains the affirmation, extra ecclesia nulla salis, which is the dogma of, of the faith, no salvation outside the church. Otherwise, who would be saved in a church made up of sinners, even among the ecclesiastics? But the church is made above all of saints who counterbalance the former, so to speak. In fact, it is one and indefectible. That is, as the mystical body of Jesus Christ, it cannot fail in its theandric human divine nature. This is a dogma. That is a fixed point. The quote-unquote self-made churches born from the various splits over two millennia have already failed, Benedict XVI recalled, because they cannot take anything away from the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that we profess in the creed. To heal the human wounds inflicted on union between Christians, the patience of love is needed. Therefore, a true Catholic should not even ask the question, "Outside which church?" Point you know point six remaining in unity of all the teaching form of the Ecclesi- of the Ecclesia school. Here is the Catholic method. Of course, debate is useful, but without separating truth and love, the people are confused, bewildered, perplexed therefore easily at risk of immorality and immorality, because pastors do not teach faith and life in Christ. That is, morality, legality, sustainability, inclusiveness, synodality. It would take a great popular mission in Italy and beyond other than to claim to proclaim Jesus Christ. End quote. So do we resist? Yes. Monsignor Bucks has written many letters publicly resisting the errors of, this, of the modernists. Should we have charity for the office? Yes. This also applies to talking with other groups from others from schismatic groups, truly schismatic groups, not the SSPX because they're not in schism, but actual groups in schism, groups who have adopted heretical positions, such as the five solos, as one example. Believing the church and joining one of those groups is not an option. There truly is no salvation outside the Catholic Church. The error from Vatican II that feeds into this thinking is the idea that the Church of Christ subsists in the Catholic Church. The Church of Christ does not subsist in the Catholic Church, as if the Church of Christ can also be found elsewhere. The Church of Christ is the Catholic Church, and she is worth fighting for. The modernists will never be successful in building their ape of the Church, regardless of how hard they may work at it. We simply won't let them. We'll cling to the faith, support traditionally-minded priests, even if people who call themselves Catholic. Try to destroy them and any priestly fraternity that tries supporting them at every turn. Be wary of anybody who engages in that sort of activity at all times. It is our duty, one we won't shy away from. But now I have to ask you, what do you think about this? Is Cardinal Pell's warning about the synod correct? What did you think about Monsignor Buck's statement? Yes, it was a little dense at times, but he has a history of going after the modernists themselves. So let me know what you thought of all this, please. And uh, like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As they sharing this on social media, that helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.